brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bears fans, C-Red Nation, what is good? It's your boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again. We got a lot to get to today because we got Bears news. We got Bulls news. We got Chicago Sports Talk Bonanza. Both teams dropping news, some good, some bad. We're going to listen into the Chicago Bears press conference on today's episode, hearing what Coach Flus had to say and hearing from Justin Fields. Of course, a couple of smaller press conferences in there as well, just in the locker room. We'll tune in with some of those as well also gonna talk about why bears fans don't need to panic right now it's okay chicago it's okay we're gonna get into that and then we do have to break down a little bit of the lonzo ball news a little more information has come out since i dropped the uh uh, breaking news video so tune in with us on that all that more in today's episode of the windy city breeze sports talk daily let's go If you are new to the channel, please like the video. Please subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking Chicago sports, how Chicago talks. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. Let me get some Bardons in the chat. Let me get some C-Reds in the chat. Need to see both in this mug, man. I need to know that the chat is in here rocking with your boy, man. Appreciate you guys for showing love. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. It's the only channel talking Chicago sports, how Chicago talk. So make sure that you get in tune. Tune with us, man. Who we got in the chat already? We got Torian in the chat already. He says, see Red Nation, we're PG cursed. I, I, I It's tough. I can't say you're wrong at the moment. Justin dropping just the shit. Uh, we got McSeason in the chat. What's good, fam? Uh, what do you say? We got Tough Loss Sunday. Sorry about that. Hey, man, we got the Bear Downs. We got the C-Reds in the chat. Ivan in the building. He got the Bear Down and the C-Red. Love to see that, man. Community organizer in there with the Bear Down. Shout out to you guys for pulling up and showing love, man. Listen, we got a couple of press conferences to get to. Um, Coach Fluce. Talk today, right? Getting ready for the next week. You got Houston coming up. So this is going to be a very defensive game. JJ or Jacob Pona Don in the chat. What's going on with you, bro? Going to be a very defensive game, man. Uh, Let's listen in on what Coach Flues had to say. Let me make sure I got all this volume and everything the right way. Right, Bow? You got to do that right there. Make sure you get that right, right there. Yeah, I'm Shane. Um... Coach Flus talk just prepping for the week gives us the captains, the honorary captain for this week. And then uh, let's see what we got to talk about with with what Coach Flus said. Let's jump straight into it, man. 
Okay. All right. So, so my audio's tripping on me a little bit here. What's going on here? What's going on here? Hold on. Hold on. Oh, I know what's going on. I know what's going on. See, this is the thing, right? When you run in a one man show, it don't always work in your favor. This is why I love Mondays when I got the whole team in the building. Let's see. Is, uh, oh, look at that. Former Bears Hall of Fame. Everybody can hear. Uh, good flutes. afternoon. Uh, first, I would like to uh, recognize uh, our former Bears Hall of Fame nominations. Uh, you know, Devin Hester, Peanut Tillman, Lance Briggs, and Owen Crutes. Um, obviously, all very deserving, and we are certainly excited about those nominations. So, I just want to uh, mention that to start. Um, our honorary captain um, is Eddie Jackson uh, this week, and. Uh, you know, really, the, uh, just got out of the uh, walkthrough with the guys, you know, had meetings all morning. Uh, big day for us today, this Wednesday. Well, again, we'll be in pads. Uh, we're getting our first and second down run game uh, handled on offense and defense, a play-action pass. Typically, we always work punt team today because we have pads on so we can get some good rushes in there. Uh, we've been working on that pretty good. Um, you know, and then really today is about us uh, focusing in on the Houston Texans and doing a good job uh, with that. Um, it's about execution for us. Uh, that's going to be the big thing for um, our team this week and all 11 on the same page and making sure we do that. You know, this is game three together, um, offense and defense and kicking. And, you know, we're, we're working to get better every single week. Um, and that's the message to the guys. And what can we take away from our, our, our last performance uh, to get better for this performance? And moving forward, that's what we're going to be doing. And, again, it's always going to be about us. we got to focus on us. Um, as we go forward and improving every single week. Uh, so with that, I'll open up to questions. What have you seen from the Texas defense through two games and what they're doing to kind of make life uncomfortable for a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're a very similar style. Um, you know, they, they will come out and play uh, varying coverages. Um, their front's going to be uh, pretty much the same, um, but they do take off and they do uh, cause some penetration, you know, with their front. Um, you know, and the way they disguise their coverages, I think, is really good, too. You know, Lovey's run this uh, system a long time, and he's mixed in a couple new things um, that we've seen, and uh, and it's been good uh, for them, um, you know, on a down-to-down -down basis. Matt, have you seen any frustration in Justin from the fact that he didn't have more pass attempts no. the other day? And mm -hmm. do you have to look for that or, or try to manage... No, I mean, I don't, I don't see any frustration. I see, I see uh, you know, positive. I see encouraged. I see going to work, um, you know, working with the guys and just trying to improve and get better. And that's where we all are right now. So, What's his role when the offense goes wrong like it, like it did Sunday and you want to make changes, you want to fix it? What's his role in terms of having input on that? Yeah, there's always going to be input from the quarterback. You know, with the, with the coordinator, uh, quarterback coach, there's always going to be input during the game, you know, pregame, during the game, then postgame. You know, and uh, that's always going to be the case. You have to have that. So um, it's always positive. It's always working forward to, to make things happen and make things, uh, you know, for us to be able to win the football game. What's your role in that, too? What's your approach with Luke as far as – you know, I think some offensive coordinators have total autonomy and they're just kind of like head coach of the offense. That's obviously doesn't seem to be what you're doing here. So what is your role or your approach with Luke when something needs to be fixed on the offense? Yeah, I mean, I'm, there's suggestions during the course of the game. You know, hey, stick with this, uh, do this. You know, uh, this is looking good. Um, encouragement, um, you know, during the course of the game. Obviously, we're doing all the uh, fourth down go for it and all those timeouts types of things in terms of games, game management. But uh, that's just really what it is. You know, what I see they're doing defensively, they're giving you a lot of this. 
uh, during the course of the series, and then they adjusted accordingly to that. So um, just information that I can give to help. Will, will Valus Jones practice today? We will do injuries after practice. Are missed tackles in week two a red flag? Because you know, you've been working, you've been working all all off season, preseason on not doing that, and here it is week two. You had an issue with it, or do you see it as more? Do you see it as more? Well, it's the first, it's only the second game of game speed. He'll get it. You know, how tolerant are you? Are you of missed tackles? No, no, we, you're not tolerant at all. Um, it's it's something we have to correct, and we're going to work tirelessly to get that done. Um, but a lot of times it happens early in the year. You know, I, I remember a few years ago, I think it might have been 2019, where, you know, we didn't have a good tackling game. You know, it was early in the season, and you just got to get guys to, you know, get up on the runner, you know, get their pads on them at the right, at the proper level, and then have a strong wrap and run your feet. Um, a lot of times missed tackles happen because you're lunging and not getting up on the runners. Um, so we're going to work uh, an individual today on that and just get better at it. I'm sure it's technique and focus, but is it more focus? Because technique is something that's instilled over time. It just seems like fo- how do you how do you increase the fo- focus? And is that is that what your priority? In- yeah, I think it, I think that it's the first thing. I think it's more technique. I really do. And obviously, you got to wire into to your job, and that's the focus part, which you mentioned. But I do think it's it's the technique. You know, the technique. We are tackling too high right now. We have to tackle lower, and uh, we just got to do a better job of executing our our the way we tackle. String tackle that you teach or that you encourage. What? Why do you prefer that to maybe some other? Yeah, it's it's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. So you want to do that, and uh, and it's and it's been proven to us that when you do that, you you put guys sideways or backwards. And uh, we did it a, a few times over the first couple games, but we need to see it uh, more consistently. What have you come to appreciate about Lovey Smith and as you followed his career and obviously the style of defense that he runs? Yeah, I mean, obviously we have uh, an acquaintance in Rod Marinelli, uh, you know, so he's told me a lot about Lovey. I know Lovey as an acquaintance, you know, we certainly would talk if we if we saw each other face to face and we have done that. Um, just uh, appreciation for what he's done for the game of football. You know, he's had his units playing the right way and uh, has respected the game that way and the accomplishments he's had. And uh, he's been a head coach for a long time. And he's been steady that way and really good. And uh, I just appreciate that from him and uh, what kind of man he is, too. You know, just from hearing from Coach Rod and everybody else, Coach Dungy, all the guys that I have contact with more, um, just what they say about him. When the guys tackle high, what, what is that a product of? Why, why do you guys go for the high tackle as opposed to what you're Like, you know, why? You know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, that's hard to answer, you know, because it's an individual thing right there. I would say that the reason technique-wise is that they have to get up on the runner to get their pads down between waist and knee level. Um, and then it makes you actually become a longer player then uh, to be able to wrap with a stronger wrap. So, um, you know, it's just a byproduct of really of us just focusing on what we're going to do. Which of the field goal drive that you guys had after the takeaway on, on Sunday – Third down was a problem in that play. Did you get a diagnosis? It looked like there may have been some disjointedness with the timing of the snapper. Yeah, that's kind of what I referred to in the first part of it, all being on the same page. You know, there, there was some of that during that play, and we got to make sure that we're all on the same page. Um, you know, whatever it was, I'm not going to detail the play because I don't want to give anything away, but there was certainly that. But obviously in that moment, that's a, that's a big moment where you guys are in third and short finally for the first time all night in scoring position. How, how big of an impact does that make on an offense's ability to get, get right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you do. When you get in the green zone, right, uh, the you know, the goal zone there, you got to make sure that you're executing. You know, it's all about, you know, scoring offense and scoring defense at the end of the day, and we got to do a good job in those zones, uh, both both sides of the ball.
How much do you think it's going to help the offense to go against a defense Sunday that basically is similar to the one that they've been practicing against basically all offseason? No, I think it's helpful. You know, it's like the first week, you know, you know, it was a little bit different, but very similar. Um, you know, so I think that's very helpful uh, for the for in terms of like early execution during the week. But it's got to be sustained, consistent execution. Matt, you've talked as a, as a defensive coach. How would you prepare for a team that had 27 carries and 11 passes the week before? Do you sit there going they're going to go in the opposite direction? How, how would you forecast? Okay, is this an anomaly or is this? Yeah, I would have like like any time I would have a game plan set for that particular group, and then in-game tactics. So I would see I would be able to see what they were doing during the course of the game, what their game plan was, um, and then be able to adjust as accordingly. How do you guard against trying to force it because you want to start seeing a balanced offense? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you want to see balance, you know. So I don't I don't think that's really a, a force issue. That's what we need to have. We need to have balance. Uh, in your offense, you know, in the in the the run pass calls, and and uh, we'll get that. You're still trying to assess that and explore that with him this season. Yeah, I think it's it, you're always growing offense and defense. You know, in special teams, you're growing your scheme as you go. I mean, you, you really are. You know, I've I've started, uh, uh, you know, defensively some years where I started out and playing, you know, mostly zone, very little pressure, and then all of a sudden at game five, I, you know, I just said, hey, we got to do a little bit more because of the pass rush, and then all of a sudden start bringing the, bringing more heat, and playing more man, you know, and playing more match coverage, whatever you you do to be able to figure that out. That's every single year is that way because you're working with a new set of skill, right? And then you see them in game, and then you work with what's what's working. And that doesn't, that's offense and defense and, you know, in the kicking game. And that's, that's the way, you, you know, the uh, in-season, you know, maneuvers you have to make to make your team successful. Are you concerned that games where he doesn't throw a lot, where he's limited in his opportunities like he was on Sunday, hinder you guys' ability to really see what he can do? Um, I, I think it's early. I mean, it's so early in the season right now. I mean, we got two games in, you know, let's, just, let's let this thing move forward. Okay, and continue to grow. You guys, more. you guys and the Texans, not surprisingly, are some of the teams that blitz the least this season. I know it's only two games, small sample size. What is your just overall philosophy on pressure, and, and maybe how has that changed as you've been in the game? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you look back at the history, I've never been a big pressure guy. I think sometimes it's been high, it's been high at certain games, but overall, it's only been around twenty-five percent, right in there. I want to say, um, you know, we believe in the four-man rush. You know, we believe in dropping seven, having guys, seven guys in coverage, and having our four-man rush get pressure. Um, and that's what we believe in. And uh, we will pressure at times, you know, certainly situationally and, and on first and second down, but uh, that's been our philosophy. You've talked in the past about the importance of seeing your team be resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you want to see them be resilient this week? What do you expect to see coming off that first? Yeah, just really just, uh, you know, consistent execution. You know, we've we've done a couple things. We started out slow, you know, then we came, you know, the next week, we, you know, it's a little bit better start, um, you know, so and we've, you know, played good in the second half. That's because of our mental and physical stamina. Uh, and But uh, we just want to see sustained execution all the way through. Um, and again, it's never going to be perfect, but we want to see all 11 guys on the same page moving forward, uh, going through down in, down out, offense, defense, kicking. What criteria, what criteria do you use to pick the weekly captain? I mean, I think everybody knew that Lucas Patrick is of the Packers, but why did you pick Jackson this week? Yeah, I mean, you know, we have a, a, a you know, really good group of guys. You know, guys really work hard, and we think, you know, Eddie's been really playing well the first two games. 
and uh, I think he's deserving of it. He is a leader. Like I said, all of us are leaders by the way we model our behavior and stuff, and he's done a great job with that in terms of his hustle, his hitting, and his production the first two games, so he's well deserving of it. Deserving of it. That was Coach Flus breaking down what he saw uh, uh, um, and what he's expecting coming into week three, right? And kind of giving you an idea of what his game plan is. And, you know, it's interesting when you hear him talk about, right, like what his idea. By the way, before we do that, hit that like button, subscribe to the page, man. I appreciate y'all for tuning in and showing love. Appreciate you guys for rocking with me. If you are rocking with me, hit that like button. And let me get some bird downs in the chat, man. We're going to be talking about bears and bulls on today's episode. So uh, we got a lot to get to here. Here's the interesting thing, right? When you look at, when you listen to Coach Flutes and you hear him talk about, right, the technical things that the Chicago Bears aren't doing well and why it leads to issues on the field. Here's the thing at the end of the day. By the way, Don Bird, don't you dare come in here with the Don Bird 2.0. We have not blocked you. We never will block you. You better come in here with a regular Don Burr profile, though. I will, I will block Don Bird 2.0. Don't you disrespect us like that. We're not every Bears channel. Here's the thing. I'm here for the smoke. Technical things can be fixed. Technical things can be fixed. And this is the part where I've seen a lot of Bears fans on Twitter panicking on in the Bears world, right? Panicking. And I think there's it's OK, right? Like me and Coach T have a difference of opinion on what we feel the Chicago Bears should be doing as far as uh, um, getting Justin touches. Right. I believe you got to get him more touches. I believe that you got to get him more involved in the game. I believe that that there's no way it, it to me, it's an injustice for you to say we're going to bring this guy in and evaluate him based on. 11 passes that's an injustice right and so for me right I look at Justin Fields situation I say I want to see a little bit more there's a difference of opinion on the intelligence side but Bears fans are panicking remember after week one oh they said we were gonna be a three-win team we've already got one we're gonna win these games we're gonna beat these guys and then week two comes around and we get beat by the Packers and it's oh my god we're the worst team football's ever seen and it's history and do y'all remember Matt Nagy last season have we forgotten? Here's my thing. No matter what, your goal this season is not Super Bowl. I don't care about the mentality of the old school. We're Chicago. We have to have a higher standard for our set. No, we don't. The last team that was in a championship was the Chicago Sky, and half of the people in here didn't even support them. We haven't sniffed the championship since what? The Cubs? That standard is no longer here. That's 1985. That's 1998. That's 2005. And on the baseball sides, they were fluke years. Your goal this season is to go out there, game in and game out, and develop the talent that's on this field that's going to be there for a while. And that's why I have issue with how they did Justin Fields last week. But here's the thing at the end of it. When I look at the talent on the defensive side of the ball that was brought in and some of the talent on the offensive side of the ball that we currently have here. When I look at Khalil Herbert, guess what? Khalil Herbert ran the ball pretty well. He didn't even get that many attempts to do it. 
he's probably going to be around long term. When I look at David Montgomery, a young back who I, listen, I wouldn't pay him, but maybe the Chicago Bears will. 120 yards. He ran the ball well. Through an eight-man front. Listen, you do that all season. You can stay around as long as you want. (laughs) But here's why I tell Bears fans, stop with the panic. Stop with the, oh, my God, we're going to be awful. We're going to be terrible. There's no way we're going to win this. Shut up. Because you're not. If you go back and you watch the tape, guess what? The Chicago Bears got pressure. With four, rushing four on Aaron Rodgers. You know what the difference in last week's game was? Aaron Rodgers is pretty good. Run defense, that's another story. There's some things that you have to develop there. Kyler Gordon, there's some things you have to develop there. But I told y'all this coming into the season, and there's these same people that want to continue to cry and wait and say, we couldn't beat the Packers. We couldn't. Did you think we were going to be that level of football team coming into this season? Here's the one thing that you need to focus on. Are your team, are your players developing? Your defense had an ability to rush four. Jaquan Brisker looks like he's moving in the right direction. Dominique Robinson looks like a pretty good player. Braxton Jones did a good job. These are rookies. I'm naming you rookies. Are there some rookies on this team that need to step up? Yeah, Kyler Gordon don't like his performance. But at the end of the day, this is a season that is about development. We knew that coming into this year. Some of y'all said we were going to be a six-win team. What are you crying about? Some of y'all said we were going to be a four-win team. What are you crying about? And guess what? I still see the comments on the video. They still pop up. I know who y'all are. This season is all about development. Now, if you want to have beef with how they did Justin Fields, I'm here to have that conversation. To me, that's a logical conversation as long as we're having it a logical way. But I don't look at the Chicago Bears giving Justin Fields 11 opportunities to pass the ball and say, that's a good way to develop your quarterback. I don't believe in that. Because you know what? Your quarterback had opportunities to make plays and he was too scared to pull the trigger. He didn't understand what he was seeing. That's where you want to improve your team. That's where you want to see development week to week. And you know what else? Here's the one thing about the Chicago Bears that I've told you guys all offseason, coming into this season, training camp, preseason, whatever it is. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're not playing Aaron Rodgers every freaking week. Put that same pressure next week on Davis Mills and see what happens. They better have a heck of a run game. Go out there and put that same pressure on Davis Mills next week and see what happens. Go out there and put that pressure next or in two weeks on Daniel Jones and see what happens. Mixed coverage is there. See what happens, right? 
This isn't about this season. Why are we acting like this is about this season? I think the Bears are a nine-win football team. Guess what? After Sunday, I still thought the Bears were a nine-win football team. I said we'd beat uh, San Francisco, and I said we'd lose to Green Bay. Don't just because Green Bay is the team that you faced off against, all of a sudden you want to have a conniption. If it was Buffalo, you wouldn't have been crying this loud. If it was Minnesota, you wouldn't have been crying this loud. Heck, if we had lost week one to San Francisco, y'all wouldn't have been crying this loud. You want to stop getting your butt kicked by the Packers? Develop your team. Flus wants to develop his team. Poles wants to build a young team. It ain't about rushing to give up picks. It ain't about rushing to give up money. It ain't about rushing to build something right overnight. You want to beat the Packers long time? We beat the Packers in seasons. Heck, Mitch beat the Packers. What does that mean? At the end of the day, I want to beat the Packers year after year after year the way that they put it on us. So please, God, get off Twitter if you want to whine about week two of a brand new NFL season in which a quarterback comes in and is running an entirely new scheme. And he didn't look up to your liking. If we get the December, January, February, okay, then we can have that conversation. He's not moving in the right direction. I don't like what I've seen. If we get there, let's have that conversation. But we're in week two of the NFL season. Why are y'all panicking? You know who we play next week? Y'all know who we got Sunday? We got the Houston Texans. We're going to win. I 110% believe the Chicago Bears come out of that game with a win. There isn't a doubt in my mind, there isn't an inkling in my mind that Lovey Smith figures out a way to do something offensively that throws us off. And here's the other thing on the other side of it, right? We've seen quarterbacks try to protect, or we've seen coaches try to protect their quarterback, right? The Bears are trying to protect Justin Fields right now. Do I like it? I don't. I'm not talking about your protection up front. I'm talking about in the, in the court of public opinions. They're trying to protect him in the court of public opinions because if he goes out there in week two versus the Packers, you, you guys are going to lose your money. And it's going to be, oh, my God, Justin Fields looked terrible against the Packers. He's going to be the worst quarterback ever. You know how I know? Because he only threw 11 passes and you guys are saying the same freaking things. It To me, after watching game one and game two, of course, game one, very different, right? But after watching that second game, they're trying to protect this kid. Guess what? I bet you next week versus the, or this coming week versus this Houston Texans team, a defense that he's been seeing his entire uh, all offseason, preseason, right? Everything that he's been practicing against. You'll see Justin throw the ball a little bit more. You'll see this offensive line look a little bit better. Because they know what to expect. Oh, by the way, Lucas Patrick is taking snaps. There's some news for you, Bears fans. Lucas Patrick was snapping the ball today at training or at, uh, in pra- at training camp in practice. So listen, you're moving in the right direction. This Bears team is moving in the right direction. 
And that's what it is at the end of the day. Guess what? There's people, this comment here, uh, guess what? Play calling against Green Bay sucked. Listen, I'm willing to have that debate with you. I think Luke Getze let you down when you're talking about a, uh, a defense that was allowing you not only just, and, and I, this is why I say go look at the tape. It wasn't just allowing you to run the ball well. There were times where Justin Fields could have pulled the trigger. I think if, you, if you're getting opportunities to pull the trigger, you keep putting those opportunities on the field to pull the trigger. I'm not saying have Justin drop back 30, 40 times. I'm saying you allow him to get off 20 passes at a minimum. I said 20 passes. You want to know what system? You want to see what a, what a dominant Bears team could look like? Look at what we played on the other side of the field. Because Aaron Rodgers didn't do all the killing on Sunday. He threw the ball 25 times and completed it 19. And that's it. He threw the ball 25 times, completed 19 of them. He didn't kill the Bears. The running game killed the Bears. That's the system you're going to be running. And that's what you want to see. And you want to have that mix. Los with the hoodie said, why aren't we running the ball more often? Listen, how much more often you want him to run the ball? You got 100, 120 uh, rushing yards out of Monty. You got four, uh, uh, 38 more yards out of Khalil Herbert. Right? Like, he, at the end of the day, it's about development. It's about moving forward. And this is why I keep saying, Bears fans, stop panicking. Khalil Herbert looked good. David Montgomery looked good. Your offensive line in run pro looked really good. Where there's some issues in pass pro, there's issues on the line, there's issues with Justin. Those are things that got to be worked out. I'm not saying it was a perfect night. But what I am saying is, we're in week two. It's not going to be a perfect night. There's a lot of teams that didn't have a perfect night in week two of the NFL season. What are we talking about? Hit that like button if you agree, man. Hit that like button if you agree, man. Shout out to y'all for tuning in and rocking with your boy. We got a lot more to get into today, man. Uh, here's the thing. Justin didn't look good. Justin didn't look good. And that's what it comes down to, right? How is Justin going to look? And I mean, legitimately, I, if you if you have NFL uh, uh, um, Plus, if you don't have it and you want to be an, uh, a knowledgeable fan, I recommend getting it. You can pay monthly. You can pay yearly if you have the extra cash for it. Uh, or even just go watch some of the guys that break it down on YouTube and see some of the uh, All-22 on that. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, your goal is to see this Chicago Bears team for what it is. Your goal is to see this Chicago Bears team continue to play well. Your goal is to see this Chicago Bears team continue to get better. How do they continue to get better? Bro, my dogs are killing me right now. My wife must be home. How do they continue to get better? That's the question that you're coming into this asking because Luke Getzey and Justin Fields, to me, did not have a good game. Luke Getzey and Justin Fields, to me, did not have a good game at the end of it. 
and Justin Fields especially. There were a lot of open passes. There were a lot of reads he missed. There were a lot of things he wasn't able to do. Could y'all hear the dogs, bro? Could y'all hear the dogs? Like, it was crazy up there. My wife must have just walked in. But what it comes down to is how do they improve off of that? Green Bay is a really good football team. Green Bay's got a really good defense. Green Bay's got a really good, really good DBs that are able to expose your young wide receivers. And guess what? They still were able to find ways to get open. You got to figure out how Justin's going to be able to pull the trigger on that. You got to get them comfortable. You got to get them comfortable. That's what it comes down to. And so I want to, I want, I want to hear, you know, kind of from Justin, what Justin had to say. Justin talked today at the podium, kind of how he felt in that game and how he felt that game was going. Um, what he said, what it is, <laughs> sounds like there's a raccoon in the attic. No, bro. That's just the dogs on the next floor losing their minds because somebody walked in the house. Um, hey, listen, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a work in progress with the, with the studio, man. Well, we're trying to soundproof as much as we can. Um, <laughs> shout out to y'all. Dan Mill said, who let the dogs out? <laughs> hey, man, shout out to y'all for tuning in to rock with us. Let's hear from our quarterback, though, right? Let's hear from our quarterback. Because our quarterback talked about what it's going to take for them to get better, for him to play better, for him to move better, and for Luke Getze, and and if Luke Getze really trusts him, right? Because it seemed like in that game, there was a little bit of a question mark on if Luke Getze trusted him. So let's go out and hear what Justin Fields had to say on uh, Luke Getze. Shout out to y'all for tuning in and rocking with us, man. I probably should have put this on and then muted my mic, but hey, it's all right. Hey, listen, it's a live show, baby. Sometimes stuff happens. <laughs> Justin, Matt said that you have input on the offense and on the game plan and just broadly philosophically with the offense. Have you spoken up this week about wanting more of an opportunity to throw? Uh, no, I haven't. You know, I mean, I have a you know say into what pass plays I like, uh, what concepts I like. But in terms of, you know, when we're going to call a play, um, you know, how many passes, how many runs we're going to call a play, that, that's Luke's job. And, you know, everybody in the building you know, knows that, Luke knows what he's doing, so you know we've put full trust in him, and you know knowing that he's gonna you know put us in the best position to win. When, when you throw, when there are eleven passes in a game, do you look at that as a vote of you know confidence in you or lack no, of confidence? No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I mean our run game uh, did a great job on Sunday, so um, you know, not at all. As a competitor, how do you weigh the fact, like you said after the game, that that you'd want to throw more if it were up to you, with like you said the fact that. Uh, just, you know, selflessness, uh, you know, knowing that, you know, if these are the plays that, you know, he thinks that are going to win us the game, then, you know, I'm all with it. Uh, like I said about Darnell on Sunday, you know, if, we, he, if he caught zero passes and we won the game, he wouldn't have any problem. If I threw zero passes and we won the game, I wouldn't have, you know, any problems, you know. I, our goal as a team, as an offense, is to win games. So, you know, nobody's looking at, you know, uh, how many passes uh, did I have, how many yards did I have. We're just all trying to win the game. On the topic of Darnell, on the deep shot you took to him in the second half, when you went back and looked at it, what, what prevented that from clicking? 
Yeah, so uh, just the type of post he ran. So that uh, particular post, he was supposed to run a keeper corner post to where uh, he takes an inside stem and lose a little bit to sell it like as a keeper. And then, um, you know, uh, he can also take that angle out of the post flatter, especially when there's nobody over there. So, um, you know, the coach did a great job making him a nice cut up. So he got, you know, a lot of looks at that. So uh, it should be good. Good on those plays now. With all you guys are, are working through this week, how, how aware are you of trying to get him involved just so that he can kind of get unlocked a little bit and then maybe build some momentum? He's going to get involved uh, for sure. Um, but again, you know, we're not looking at individual stats. We're just all trying to, you know, come together as 11 and you know, put as many points up on the board. Justin, have you come to appreciate the margin for error being so small at this level on a throw like that on the deep shot to Darnell Mooney where, where it didn't quite sync up? And, and is that margin for error does it become even smaller when you only have 11 opportunities to throw the ball? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and on that Dang, play, that was a know, good question. We both could have did stuff differently to, you know, help that percentage, help that completion. So, um, you know, it's just, just learning from, you know, how he ran that route, you know, how I come out of the pocket and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, the, the next time we run that play, hopefully we hit it. What are you to see from the Texans' defense? And it's probably pretty familiar with what that you go against in practice. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, their defense and our defense, you know, kind of come from the same, you know, family branch. So a lot of the same stuff, uh, you know, they're, you know, they play hard, uh, you know. Um, I don't think they have, you know, one <laughs> – so to say what everybody would explain, like even our team, like a star player on the team, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give them credit. They play hard. You know, they play fast. They play, um, you know, similar to us. So it's going to be um, a, a hard fight all game. You said that when that if you threw zero passes and the Bears won, you wouldn't complain, and if Darnell caught zero passes and you won, you wouldn't complain. Mm-hmm. But when that happens in a loss and you're looking for ways to improve your team, yeah, that has to hit differently, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, that's not our job. Um, continue to say, like, my job isn't to call pass plays. My job, you know, isn't to make making sure Darnell has five catches again. That's not my job. My job is to get the play and run the play to the best of my ability. Your job, though, you is to develop and grow as a quarterback. Do you feel like it's hard to do that when you don't get that much of an opportunity to throw? Yeah, maybe, but my number one priority in my job is to run the plays like I'm, you know, taught to and to uh, execute them at you know the best of my ability and you know ultimately win games. So if our offensive coordinator thinks that you know the plays that he's giving me are going to help us win the game, that's all I care about. Are you guys expecting? Are you guys expecting opponents to potentially start putting a few more defenders in the box to slow down your run game, which has been productive. I'm sorry. Are you expecting defenses to put another guy in the box to try to slow down the run game, which has been? Obviously productive. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, if Demo keeps running the ball like this, you know, the defense is going to have to do something to stop the run game. And, you know, ultimately that's going to open up the play action pass and stuff like that. So, um, you know, the more we can run the ball, the more efficiently we can run the ball, you know, that's going to open everything else up. Justin, what do you individually want to prove on Sunday in responding from last Sunday's game? Uh, yeah, I think we had a good start last Sunday, but, you know, just sustaining that start and just, you know, playing like that, you know, four quarters. So, um, you know, starting fast and being able to sustain it for four quarters. You said you're not, you know, having input in how many runs or how many passes there are. But if you broach the subject about, like, hey, maybe we can get some more play actions involved, get me out of the pocket, broaching those, like, maybe schematic tweaks, even though it's only been a couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, um, but at the end of the day, like, these guys have been in the league for I don't know how long. Like, they know what they're doing. So, um, like, none of it's going to work, you know, if I don't trust them, if the players ourselves, if we don't trust the coaches. So, you know, we trust the coaches. We trust they know what they're doing, and uh, we just go out there and play. 
when you have a game that's not as productive as you want it to be, like on Sunday, what's your approach on Monday and Tuesday to make sure you're addressing the mistakes but not letting like it linger and kind of carry over? Yeah, um, you know, I was I was mad after the game, and I mean, I I like to address this now to get everything cleared up. But you know, there was a thing that I said on Sunday after the game where I said, you know, um, the fans don't put in work, and when I was, you know, first off. Um, you know, I was frustrated after the game. So, you know, number one, I didn't want to come and talk to you guys. Um, I wasn't in the mood to come and talk to you guys. So, um, you know, I should have did a better job explaining what I meant by that. But um, what I meant by that was I'm talking about work, you know, regarding uh, the game on Sunday, winning the game. You know, I don't know any fans. I don't know what they're doing in their personal lives. Um, and I respect every fan that we have. I'm, you know, glad that we have fans. So, um, you know, I would never disrespect, you know, anybody on what they do or what they love to do. Um, and, you know, that was, you know, it came off like that. And, of course, you know, some social media outlets, they, you know, quoted my quote and, you know, they got a big buzz on it. So, uh, of course, they did a great job doing that. And, of course, social media is going to do that. But, yeah, I just wanted to clear that up right now. And, you know, now back, now back to the question. I'm sorry. I just want to clear that up. <laughs> uh, the question was, what, what do you do Monday and Tuesday to make sure you're addressing the mistakes but not letting it linger? Yeah, um, so Monday, you know, we kind of just, you know, come in and uh, watch film and, you know, kind of learn from the mistakes and, you know, you're, you're still, um, you know, not in the best mood, but um, towards the end of Monday, um, you, you start to, you know, get back on your feet. And me, personally, um, I'm going to wake up, I, like today I woke up at 540, so I'm waking up early, like, changing up my whole routine because, like, I just hate the feeling of losing. Like, Sunday it hit different. So, like, it hit different than all the losses last year. It's just, like, when, you know, when we come in and put in so much work, like, from the morning to the afternoon and you know when I see my teammates on Thursday Friday when I see them you know um, getting happy to go home early to put their little girl to bed like stuff like that so it's just like all that stuff we do to prepare for the game on Sunday and we come out with a loss it just it just sucks so I'm um, just you know trying to change up my routine a little bit you know trying to you know just get in as much work as possible just knowing you know uh, that I can't do anything more to prepare you know for this game mentally and you know also physically how did you become aware of the backlash to that really small comment you made to post. Oh, I mean, I was getting tagged and, you know, a bunch of stuff on social media. So, I, you know, the fans definitely uh, let me know for sure. Hey, if but, you um, tag Justin, you know, shut uh, again, up. You know, I, I didn't mean to you know, come off like that. But, of course, you know, Barstool or whatever, you know, tried to make it seem like I did. So, um, you know, they, they did a good job doing that. And, of course, there were people that, you know, uh, that bought into it. But, hey, just, just, just clearing that up. Adjustment is that for you and just realize shout out to calling out Barstool in your role here that, that comes to your doorstep when you probably don't want it to. Yeah, um, you know, I talked to my dad about it, and you know, I mean, as long as I'm going to be in this position, you know, there's always going to be stuff like that that pops up. So, um, just knowing that, you know, as long as I'm in this profession, that it's it's really never going to go away. So, I just got to either be really, you know, clear to you know everything that I say, um, be really descriptive of what I really mean, or just really not say anything at all. Well, at first it was, you know, the Packers, and then it was just like, I don't know, just the emotional investment that you put in, you know, every day, uh, just everything. It's just, it just sucks losing. And, I mean, I've never, you know, liked losing. So even as a little kid, my dad used to be playing me in basketball, uh, playing me, playing me in basketball in the backyard. I used to, like, cry when I, when I lost. So it's just like, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't like losing at all. Like, it just, it just doesn't sit right, you know, with me. Um, I would usually wake up around uh, 6.45, 7 o'clock, but yeah, I'm, I'm waking up like 5.45, 6 o'clock, like an hour earlier this week for sure.
Yeah, so, I mean, I'm just, you know, looking at stuff. I, I have more time, you know, during the day. So just being able to study more, being able to look at our stuff more. And, um, you know, I think that's going to, you know, just those little tidbits of, you know, being able to process stuff more and being able to take in more stuff is just going to allow me to, you know, be better prepared, be better prepared for Sunday. What's the one thing that bugged you the most when you watched the film? Um, just the little mistakes that we had, you know, uh, false starts and, you know, really it was just, you know, uh, not finding really a rhythm. You know, some we would have good plays and being second and 20 and then Demo would bust out for, you know, the 20, 30-yard run and, and explosive run. So kind of just getting in that rhythm, rhythm, putting everything together and, um, you know, making sure we make, you know, the least amount of mistakes as possible. We talked about the connection you had with Mooney, with but also Komet. What do you guys need to do to get Komet to be a part of your passing offense? Uh, you know, just, you know, dial up plays for him. And, you know, um, in the passing game, you're going to need a few things to for, for everything to go right. First, you're going to need protection. And then second, you're going to need, for me, is timing, footwork, uh, making sure I'm on schedule, accurate, and uh, making sure I'm getting the ball out of my hand. And I'm um, just, you know, at the end of the day, when I throw the ball, you know, the receivers, you know, helping me out catching the ball. You know, every ball is not going to be perfect. They know that. So I'm um, then just making plays also. And then, you know, us, you know, just, just executing as a team. Do you think it's a learning curve even for you off the field to kind of figure out how much of your personality you want to show and how much vocal you want to be as a leader of this team, but also knowing it comes with all of this other stuff? Like, are you learning that in the second year of your career? Yeah, I, I think I am. Um, you know, just kind of, you know, testing the waters a little bit. But, you know, I, I, I want to show you guys more personality. I don't want to be a robot up here. So um, at the same time, I just have to, you know, be more descriptive on my words and, you know, really – uh, just describe on what I'm trying to say rather than, you know, I mean, I could be up here and be like, uh, yes, we're going to do this and that and, like, just be a robot. But I, you know, try to show my personality to the world, try to show my personality to, to you guys to, you know, show that I am a real person. And, yes, I do make mistakes. But, um, yeah, so just, you know, finding the, you know, uh, a, a good balance. Justin. Justin Fields, of course, our starting quarterback. I think he said a lot of good things in there, right? And listen, had a lot of time where he just basically broke down what he felt after that game, how upset he was, what he really wanted to adjust in that game, right? And I think there's a lot of things that you have to look at that Justin did and didn't get an opportunity to do. And guess what? He's going to be frustrated if he doesn't get the opportunity to do it. That's just how it goes, right? That's just what it is at the end of the day. And so when I look at this, when I look at Justin Fields and his impact that he's trying to make, but is unable to make because of some of the play calls, right? I get the want to, I also get Luke Getze saying, listen, we're going to go run heavy because if you go back and look at it, Coach T, I'll give you the credit on that, told me to go check out how many times they were in eight-man front. They could have ran it all night against that eight-man front and made it look real good, right? And here's the, here's the question, Mark, right? You don't – this is <sighs> – this is a tough way to say it, right? Because there's going to be some losing this season, but I feel like a lot of people think that you win, you you learn to be better and you develop through the losing to the point where you're winning. But at some point there has to be winning. Usually with these young QBs, the winning slowly starts to show its face. Usually with the young QBs, the winning uh, uh, um, either becomes because of them or happens around them and they learn to catch up to the winning culture that's happening around them. 
I think that's the part that you have to look at and you have to say, okay, Justin, for you to be great, and I, I, I use the Bulls as an, an analogy all the time, right? For you to be great and for us to get better talent around you, there has to be some level of winning. And so I want to see Justin Fields continue to go out there and do all that he can, right? But at the end of the day, you still want to win the game. Now, I think 11 passes is too few. You also can go look at the time of possession there, though, and say, okay, like, hey, listen, yeah, how many plays are you going to run if you don't got the ball that long? But that, I think there's a lot of things that play into it where you could have had the ball longer, a ton of things that could have went into it, right? But at the end of the day, it comes down to you want to develop this guy while winning happens. You want to know te- uh, there, there's certain teams, right, that I don't believe will ever be successful. When you have the hope that a superstar is going to walk into your building, you're usually not going to be a good team. You know what those teams are that win, that get the job done, that win championships? They're a team that usually puts something together in the interim that was okay, and then they went and got a superstar. Those are the teams that you usually see end up winning championships. I think of the Chiefs. The Chiefs were a winning organization. The Chiefs were a winning organization. AFC title game. And guess what happens? All of a sudden, it comes along. Pat Mahomes shows up. Now we don't have to keep, uh, we don't have to hold on to uh, uh, Alex Smith. We can go to Pat Mahomes. Guess what? Super Bowl champions. Championship. The Rams had been in a Super Bowl, the L.A. Rams. Hey, we got a lot of pieces around this guy that are going to make moves. We're going to try and build this thing up. We're going to make this thing move in the right direction. Then all of a sudden, if we add one small piece, this time it's the quarterback, right? Guess what? Boom. Championship. Sometimes it's adding a receiver. Sometimes it's adding a defensive player. Sometimes it's adding both. But the thing is, right, you want to build a culture of winning, And the question that you have to ask yourself is, is it worth it to try and build that culture of winning or is it worth it to lose to try and see Justin Fields throw the ball more? That's that's what I was trying to say there. Is it worth it to take a chance to lose to try and see Justin Fields throw the ball more? And that's not what I'm looking for from this Bears team. It's not what I'm looking for from Luke Getzey. All I'm asking for is nine more passes. I don't think that's too much to ask. I'm asking for nine more passes. Justin Fields should be throwing the ball at a minimum 20 times a game. By the way, if you were one of the people, shout out McSeason said he shouldn't have to apologize, address bar stupid. If you were one of the people that was tagging Justin Fields in the uh, vitriol or the hate or the, oh my God, you said that you put in more work than the fans do. I hope, listen, get out. Get out. If you were one of those people, get out. I don't want you to be a part of the Breeze Nation. Because if you're that dumb to think that you put in the same amount of work that Justin Fields does week in and week out for this football team, shut up. Shut up. That's stupid. I watch hours of tape of this team. I get on here and I talk hours on hours every week about this team. I do more work than the average fan does in a day than you do uh, uh, than than uh, 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 you do in a year over this Bears team. And guess what? I don't do as much work as Justin Fields does for the Chicago Bears. Shut up.
Are we that dumb? Oh, he's putting down the Bears fan. Barstool can shut up too. If you're that stupid to think, oh, you're talking about the fans, shut up, Barstool. I don't care if it's the big network, it's the big businesses. They got the Chicago brand and all of that. There's a bunch of idiots over there too. I swear the only one I like is Big Cat. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, man. We do talk Chicago sports daily. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us, man. Um, there's so many idiots over there, dude. There's so many idiots over there. Every time I see something pop up from Barstool, and I do follow them, right? I, I want to see the content because they it, it's it's an opposite opinion. But there's so many idiots over there that just go on there and they try to have like the 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 oh I'm so Chicago, I'm this, I'm that, I'm oh it's, it's shout shout all this. Shut up, dog. Get out. Let's keep this thing going, man. Hey, but listen, it's 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 a it's a wet your whistle Wednesday, by the way. So I'm drinking a little bit. Um, hit that like button, subscribe to the page if you have not done so. Uh, do got to get into this though, because I promise you guys that we would get into it if we go past an hour. We go past an hour. It is what it is. Um, got to get into the Lonzo Ball news that dropped today. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel to talk Chicago sports. How Chicago talk? So make sure that you get in tune with us. Hey, hey, listen, I don't even want to mention that guy. Such a loser. Hey, who's the dude that called him a rum bum scum bum? Wasn't he from Barstool as well? <laughs> Wasn't he from Barstool as well? He's a rum bum scum bum. Shut up, bro. Um, Listen, here's 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 let's finish this out on a bulls note, right? Because there's a couple things that we need to understand about the Lonzo Ball injury. There's a couple of things that we want to um, take a look at, at on the Lonzo Ball injury. And here's the question that comes on the table. Are you okay with the Lonzo situation as it is right now if he's back? Let's say 10 weeks. I don't expect him back in six weeks, but in 10 weeks, what is that? A little over two months? Are you okay with the situation? And this is why I asked the question. Because more than likely, right, the four to six weeks evaluation is just that. The four to six week evaluation. That does not mean that that is when Lonzo Ball will be back. That does not mean that we'll see Lonzo Ball on the court after four to six weeks. But what I do like is that we finally gotten to the point where we made a decision. We're finally getting to a point that we've made a decision. We're finally getting to a point where the Chicago Bulls have decided, and I feel like this is what the Bulls wanted to do the entire time. But we're finally getting to a point where we he's decided to say, okay, where the Bulls have decided to say, listen, enough is enough. He's got to have another surgery. 
And more than likely, this is going to be the surgery that I know that it's going in there just for the cleanup and to try and remove some things that are that could be due to some arthritis that could pop up in there. But at the end of the day, right, this is a point where you're talking about possibly having the full removal of the meniscus, which could shorten his career, but at a minimum could allow him to have a career. Now, we're not there yet, but I think that's a conversation that needs to come up at some point. But here's the thing. Shout out to the Discord as well. If you're not in the Discord, jump in the Discord because we do break down a lot of stuff over there as well. I think I'm trying to find this comment from uh, from Baki. So he broke down basically what the surgery is. He, I'm, I'm assuming he he just uh, took this from Google. Uh, Baki, I hope I can trust you on this. Uh, he said the arthroscopic uh, de debridement is a surgical procedure that removes a broken down bits of cartilage and tissue to re help reduce pain and improve movement it's most commonly performed to help reduce the symptoms of arthritis so that you can regain much of the function of your knee while reducing pain this is surgery that lonzo is having for everyone who wants to know the details that's the surgery that lonzo's having now, Daniel Greenberg tweeted out, and I'm assuming that he hit up uh, uh, one of the doctors. Uh, yeah, Baki said, yeah, I Googled it. Shout out to Baki, man. Uh, I'm assuming that he, he wanted that he, he hit up one of the doctors um, that he knows. He says, uh, owner of evolving, uh, uh, Dr. Evan Jeffries, owner of evolving motion physical therapy uh, and sports injury specialist tells me it's more than likely going to take longer than six weeks for Chicago Bulls Lonzo to return. Can't rush him back and risk it being aggravated again. But he also also said that on the bright side for the Chicago Bulls, I'm told that Zach Levine has added several things to his game. And uh, this, is for, this is about Zach. I thought this was about Lonzo. He's added several things to his game uh, this offseason. He's looked really good in scrimmages. A player that's seen Zach train this offseason tells me he feels like he's finally 100% healthy. So that's good. Some good news there. So here's here's the thing that I will say about the Lonzo Ball situation, how he's been, how he's moving forward, right? If this is something that at the end of the day, maybe he's only able to play uh, uh, strongly until he's 32, 33, something like that, right? It allows him to play now. It allows him to get on the court. It allows him to be back on the court quicker. That's the hope with this surgery. But at the end of the day, the one thing that I care about most is, is he going to be back for the second half of the season? I'm not going to lie to you. He could spend all this time out until the all-star break, because at the end of the day the Chicago Bulls finally made a decision on Lonzo and I think that's the big thing I think that's the big thing that the Bulls have made a decision there's the surgery is going to get done you're hoping that he's going to be able to come back soon you're hoping that he's going to be able to come back sooner than later but on the other side of this, guess what? As long as he's back for the second half of the season in the playoffs, why do you care? Guess what, Bulls fans? How fun was the first half of the season? It was amazing, right? We loved it. The first half of the season was crazy. I was so glad to experience it. Bulls were winning. There was dancing in the streets. We was living it up. Hey, oh, we out here. Bulls, dubs, let's go. And guess what happened? The second half of the season, we had a ton of injuries. We had a ton of players that weren't able to continue to be on the court. We had a ton of people that weren't able to contribute to the team, and the team began to struggle. I do not care if Lonzo Ball has his surgery at the beginning of the season. I've said this all season. I would have hoped that he'd have had the surgery in the offseason at the beginning of the offseason because guess what I don't care when he comes back as long as he's back for the second half of the season DeMar DeRozan told you last season this is when players 
uh, uh, ramp up their bodies. This is when players really start to prepare for the playoffs. This is when players start to look at the teams and say, okay, we might actually play y'all in the playoffs because we're here and y'all are here, so we got to play y'all for real now in the second half of the season. That's when I want to see Lonzo Ball. That's when I want to see Lonzo Ball. And at the end of the day, right, if you're sitting here and you're one of the people that are talking about, first off, there's two things to me, right? One, if you're saying that the Bulls should trade Zoe, I want you to tell me the team that's like, yeah, we're willing to trade for him. Tell me that. You, you start there and you let me know. And then on the other side of this, the main thing that you got to look at is, okay, how's this team going to be able to make, or, or how's Lonzo Ball going to be able to contribute to this team versus how this team looks without him? Now, I will say this, right? And and Hayes can back me up on this. He's in the chat. Shout out to Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys subscribe over there as well as over here. Uh, make sure you subscribe to both of us over on Locked on Bulls. Here's the thing at the end of the day that you really want to see. To me, you want to see the development of Io as a starting PG. To me, you want to see the development of Dalen Terry coming in and playing some time at that role. I'm not saying he's going to play a lot of time at that role, but playing some time at that role. To me, you want to see how these guys underneath Lonzo Ball continue to grow. Because no matter what, at the end of the day, I can't trust Lonzo to be healthy. That's a fact. If you trust Lonzo to be healthy for 82 games, listen, get off the roads because you shouldn't be driving where my family's at. Get off the roads because you shouldn't be driving where my family's at. I want to see Lonzo come back. I hope that Lonzo is able to put in that work, get back on the court, be the starting point guard. But you know what I really want to see? I want to see the development of Ayo DeSumo as our starting point guard. I want to see the development of Dalen Terry coming in and getting some minutes. I want to see, okay, uh, what do we have at this point guard position right now that's going to be able to help this Bulls team right now? Because whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, You're in a win as much as you can now mode while continuing to grow. You want Lonzo to be a part of that. But if Lonzo's not healthy enough to be a part of that, then guess what? I want Io to be a part of it. I want Terry to be a part of it. Heck, I'll take Javante Green being a part of it. He's a heck of a defender. I'd love to see him get out there and get a little bit more time on the court. Yeah, I'm saying that's Hayes' guy. Hayes wants to see Javante bad out there. That's his guy. I hope Lonzo Ball gets as healthy as possible. I hope he's able to come back. I hope he's able to continue to play. Like the video if you agree. But if he's not, he's not. That's a crazy concept, right? If he's not, he's not. The Chicago Bulls don't stop being a franchise if Lonzo Ball's not healthy. The Chicago Bulls don't get to pause their games if Lonzo Ball's not healthy. The Chicago Bulls don't get to say, hey, yo, hold on now, wait a minute. Let me chill real quick. Let me, y'all, 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 give us a second. We'll be back in six months. If Lonzo Ball's not healthy, and guess what? You want to win without him, you got to figure out who's going to be the best guy to be in that position.
And that's and that's what it comes down to. Let's look, let's look at some of the comments, man. Shout out to y'all for tuning in and rocking with your boy. Hit that like button if you haven't done so. If you ain't hit that like button yet, you just a hater. Um, Knowledge Untamed says, ball needs moved. I threw out a team that would overpay to pair the ball bros. I threw out a team that would overpay to... I don't even know what you were trying to say there. Um, but at the end of the day, right? Like, oh, you threw, oh you're saying you threw out a team. Um... LeVar had a dream, has a dream and you know what happens. Oh, okay. So what, what team did you, oh, Charlotte, you said Charlotte. Here's the thing. What are you getting back for? And why would they want an $80 million player? Now I will say this. I, I, I will say this. And it, it, it sucks to say, but if anybody's going to overpay and make a mistake, I can't say knowledge is a hundred percent wrong. <laughs> we know Michael Jordan's willing to overpay. <laughs> hey, listen, y'all jumping on knowledge, but let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> Michael Jordan will make a trade that makes absolutely no sense. And that's the end of the statement. Like, that's it. Like, he'll make a trade that makes absolutely no sense. So I can't say he's 100% wrong. I don't see it happening, though. <laughs> I don't see it happening, though. But I think at the end of the day, right, trading Zoe doesn't get you anywhere. Like, I, I understand this mindset of, okay, if we trade Lonzo Ball, we're going to be able to get this and get that and get this and get that and, make, and maybe get small pieces that can help our team. But what's going to be better is Lonzo comes back and is healthy and is able to help your team win or if you have a piece that you're going to eventually move on from. Because right now, no matter nobody's going to send you, maybe Charlotte, nobody's going to send you a piece that you're just going to be able to use, play in and play out. Nobody's going to send you a piece that you're going to be able to use game in and game out. Why would they? Lonzo ain't been healthy since the Lakers. And they drafted him. That's a long time. Now, I will say he's had a couple of seasons where he's been able to play most of the season. But at the end of the day, your goal right now is to figure out, okay, how do we win right now? with players that are going to be here for our future. How do we develop players right now with players that are going to be here for our future? And I'll tell you this, I feel really good about the development of Io DeSumo because I look at Io working with Billy Donovan, somebody who's really done a good job at helping develop point guards. And I say, okay, he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to get the best out of Io DeSumo. But the question to me is, is he going to be the point guard of your future? Io in college was your combo guard. Io was more of a combo guard. He was more of a scoring guard. I wouldn't, I'm not going to lie to you. I wouldn't be mad if I saw more of that scoring. I want to see more of that scoring. But the thing that you miss when you get more of that scoring is the facilitating side of it. That's where Lonzo's best at. That's why I, I will say this, right? Like, it's crazy to say, but hearing this surgery come out, tell me you didn't sit there and go, Dalen Terry makes sense now. If you didn't sit there and look at uh, all of a sudden look at the Dalen Terry pick and be like, ah, oh, that makes sense. I don't know what y'all was looking at. Like if you didn't look at that pick and instantly go, oh yeah, he kind of he kind of moves like Lonzo. 
He moves a little bit like Lonzo does. He gets he he passes the ball a little bit like Lonzo does. Like I I instantly felt that the second I saw uh uh the news today. And I've been saying that for a little while outside of that, but I think that more so seeing the news today, I was like, well, that makes sense. So I'm excited on that front as well. Whether Lonzo Ball is here or not, and I really hope Lonzo Ball is here. Don't get me wrong. Don't hear me wrong. I want Lonzo Ball to be the Bulls' starting point guard. The reason you got off to so much of a hot start at the beginning of that season is because Lonzo Ball was the Bulls' starting point guard. He was able to just move. People moved different because of how well he could shoot the ball and his ability to facilitate. But what does it come down to? The best ability that a player can have. What's the best? I've said it a million times in here. What is the best ability that any player on a basketball court, football field, baseball, diamond, don't get me started on the White Sox, uh, uh, a hockey rink, what's the best ability they can have? It's cross sport. Availability. If you don't have availability, I can't use you. If you're not on the field, if you're not on the court, I can't use you. That's the part that's hurt me about so many of the players that have come through here. That's the part that irks me about so many of the players that have come through here. And I think here's the thing at the end of the day that I said this on, um, I think it was an episode of locked on NBA that I did with Jackson Gatling. Make sure you guys go check out locked on NBA. I'm actually shooting the episode tonight. So it'll be up tomorrow. Um, but Jackson asked me what I felt about this Bulls team, or what did I feel? No, it wasn't with Jackson. It was with the host of the Raptors, uh, of Locked On Raptors. I believe that episode's dropping Friday. Tune in with them. He basically asked me, do Bulls fans feel like the Chicago, or uh, uh, that the Bulls is over, that, that they're not going to win enough games, that, they're, that last year was a fluke, this year we're going to be the ninth seed? And I said, the concern around Bulls fans this season is not that we don't have the talent on this team. I think Zach Levine's a heck of a talent. I think he's a top 10 shooting guard in the NBA. I think he's a top five shooting guard. I, I think he's a top two shooting guard in the Eastern Conference, and he ain't two. Although there's a lot of good shooting guards right now. But I think he's a top two shooting guard in the Eastern Conference, and he ain't two in my opinion, honestly. But I look at a lot of the things on this Bulls team, a lot of the talent on this Bulls team, and the only concern that Bulls fans have isn't talent, it's health. How healthy will this team be? A fully healthy Bulls team last season? I said this a million times. If you had just some of the shooters that were healthy, if Lonzo Ball was healthy, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. If any of those pieces were healthy, going if Zach Levine was healthy, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. And to me, that's the part that Bulls fans are most worried about. It's not about is the talent on the team good enough. We're worried about is the team going to be healthy enough? To me, that's the part that Bulls fans are most concerned about. And that's the part where going into the season, you look at it and you say, listen, there's a chance for us to take a step back. 
but 100% healthy? Hey, shout out to you, man. Hey, said this over on uh, Locked On Bulls. He said there's a lot of teams that got better in the Eastern Conference, but they didn't get better than a 100% healthy Bulls team. And I've been taking that all uh, to every show that'll listen to me because I fully 110% believe that. You did not get better than a healthy Bulls team. And that's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. Raging. Shout out to Raging back in here, man. Our resident Bulls hater. I love Raging, actually. Um, he said, nah, they don't beat the Bucks. They're way too small. Go back and look how they was playing us. Go back and look how they was playing us. What were they conceding? At the end of the day, three is better than two. We can be as small as we want, but if we had one player that can knock down that three, then guess what? We could have beat them. If you had one player, maybe two, that could knock down the three ball, the Bulls could have beat them because it spaces the floor. Vooch then can go down. Vooch can play in the paint. Vooch had to be our three-point shooter. That's not what I want to see. There's a difference between a big man. How many times, if you've been with the show, like Baki's been here a while, if you've been with the show a long time, I said the same thing about Nico Miritich. I said the same thing about Larry Markkinen. There's a difference between a shooting big man and a big man that can shoot. Vooch is a big man that can shoot, and they tried to turn him into a shooting big man. That's a recipe for disaster. That's a recipe for disaster. That's not going to breed you a winning situation, no matter how hard you try. But hey, man. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with your boy for another episode of the Daily Show. Let me get them Bear Downs in the chat. Let me get them C Reds in the chat. Um might go live tomorrow if there's some breaking news. Um but more than likely, we'll just have a couple of videos dropping tomorrow. So tune in with that. Also, we'll have our fantasy football content dropping tomorrow with the Fantasy Whispers. So make sure to check us out on that as well. Um, what else do we got? What else we got coming up? Uh, we'll be live. When's our next live? I mean, Thursday or Friday, either one. We'll probably be live at some point that day. And then uh, next week, I will be out of town at Vegas. I'm giving you guys the heads up now. I'm technical directing a golf tournament out there. I'm giving you guys the heads up now because I'm taking a computer out there. I'm hoping that everything works as well. I'm hoping I have strong enough internet, but you never know. So I plan to still be live next week. I plan to still be doing shows next week. But you never know. So I'm giving you guys the heads up. Kid and uh, the crew will be live from the new studio Monday. So tune in with them Monday at 7. All of that's going to go down without a hitch. Um, I think that's pretty much all the news I got for you guys, man. If you are listening on the podcast side, hit that like button. Subscribe to the page on the YouTube side. And give us a five-star report on the podcast side. I appreciate you guys for showing so much love, man. As always, man, it's your boy, Pat the Designer. Back at it again. Y'all stay safe out there. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.